You're listening to NBS Cast with hosts Rachel Edwards and Raquel Roberts. Welcome back to NBS Cast. I'm your host, Rachel. And I'm Raquel. And today we have the opportunity to continue our series on NBS roles with Laura Lopez. I'll let Laura do the talking for the introduction, but Laura, we're happy to have you with us today. If you could go ahead and introduce yourself. So tell us how long you have been with NBS and your current position so we can get to know you a little bit better. That would be great. Thank you, Rachel. And thank you, Raquel. Thank you for having me. My name is Laura Lopez, and I have been with Nailnet Facts for five years. It'll be six years this spring. And I am a team operations manager for Facts International. Wow. Okay. Did you start with us in that position or what led you to that? Actually, I started working in our domestic channel for Facts SIS as an implementation specialist. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. So can you tell us exactly what it means to be the team operations manager for Facts International? Absolutely. Yeah. So it means a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) And I can say this because I like to think myself as the jack of all trades. (laughs) So I get to meet and collaborate with amazing people globally. For example, supporting the department, open new and emerging markets. um, And that's fun. One of the things that I do also is I coordinate training for our resellers to give them the product knowledge that they need which perfects their consultancy, therefore achieving success. We all know that knowledge is power. I like to explain the operations of management as kind of the function of development and delivery of products and services. And if you think about this, Rachel and Raquel, operations is an ongoing process of activities and tasks, such as one, designing, right, two, reviewing and using our operating system. And what I mean by this is the way we operate as a business, right? To achieve outputs that have been determined by our organization. And I'm going to credit this to Neven Wright. He writes about this in his book called The Role of Marketing and the Role of Operations Management in International Organizations. We are an international organization. So I kind of explain my role that way. It makes a little bit more sense to some But yeah, it's a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it. Yeah. (laughs) Follow-up question. When we're talking about the team operations manager, does that mean that you manage one team within the operations department? Are there multiple teams? What does that look like for you? So it means I manage the operations, but also our external team, which is our resellers and sales agents. We have those across the globe. And so working with them on the operations aspect of the international business, making sure they understand the product, because in order for you to be successful, and this is in any role, right? You must know the product, the products and services that we are offering, which is my main function, making sure that they learn our products and services so that in turn, they are successful. Also, you would explain the function of the development of the delivery of those products and services. 
making sure that everything is in order for our operations department and for our marketing and sales in order for us to achieve sales and new business in this new and emerging markets. And so when we're talking international, can you just share some of the places that we're working with? Yes, absolutely. Currently right now, we are opening Indonesia and Asia markets and also Latin America. So those are some of the fun, you know, markets that we are working and opening right now. To me, that's a lot of fun because one of the things is that you go into this market and you get to learn the different cultures, the different meanings of things, how other cultures and regions and countries operate. And this is very rich and rewarding for us in the international channel. So that's why we always say, you know, this is a lot of fun. We get to have a lot of fun in this segment of our business. So there's a lot that goes into that, just based on your five-minute description. (laughs) (laughs) What I would love to know next is, what does a typical day look like for you? I can talk about a typical week or month, but not necessarily a day. (laughs) Every day is a little bit different here in the international channel. For example, one week I can be working with a reseller in Kenya, for example, on a new school implementation. And again, this goes back to Niven Wright, right, where he talks about the design, the review, and the use of things. Going into assisting and helping and supporting our reseller in Kenya takes all those three steps. We design the system, we review the system, we train and we use the system, right, along with the schools. That would be a typical week. Another one will be working with a reseller in Mexico, for example, performing a Spanish demonstration. Isn't that fun? (laughs) (laughs) Another week, it can be coordinating a marketing campaign in Latin America. So kind of see the pattern here. Fun and energizing, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So every week is just different. Every day is different. That does sound very exciting and something that you really can't predict. I mean, you know what you're in for, but not exactly. So I can see where that's fun. Um, Switching gears a little bit, I can really tell that you do have a passion for what you do. Can you share with us maybe what level of education you have or tell us a little bit more about how your career path helped you enter this position? Yes, absolutely. I have a Bachelor's of Science in Business Management with Concentration in Organizational Leadership. And I'm also currently working on my MBA in marketing at the University of North Texas. So I began my career path working in our domestic channel as an implementation specialist. From there on, I moved on as a client services manager position. And then lastly, I was a team lead. In those roles, actually, in all three of them, it helped me build relationships with colleagues and peers across our company. And as you all know, you know, building those relationships is really crucial for the growth of one's career. Also, collaborating with other departments, uh, getting to know their products, their functions, because we gain those experience and those new skills working and collaborating with other departments. And again, you know, knowledge is power and we need that power in order for us to be able to be successful in any career with any company, which also helps with finding that passion for what you love. I like to think once you know your products, once you build those relationships, once you start collaborating with those departments, you gain all this experience and all this knowledge, which helps you understand your product, what we are offering. And it just 
helps build that passion for what you are doing in any department, in any role. It definitely sounds like your career path has naturally segued into this position that you currently hold. So I think that's a pretty good testament to finding that passion and finding ways that you can use what you've learned in new opportunities that come up for you. Absolutely. Yes. Lara, it sounds like relationship building is a really big deal for you. Can you maybe share with us some techniques you've used during this time when we're all at home and how you've developed new relationships or kept those current relationships still growing? That's a really good question, Raquel. Right now with us being virtual, uh, and virtual, of course, it's not going to go away. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I got really good at, and in fact, I actually enjoy this and find it really rewarding, is call people, but do a face call. Sometimes you may do a text message or you may do an email, but staying in touch with your peers that you used to work with or new peers that maybe you don't necessarily work every day with, that is how we increase our product knowledge, I like to say, and the learning that we do. For example, reaching out to those individuals and asking them if they have a few minutes where you want to do a virtual quick five, 10 minute phone call. The other day, I reached out to a peer that I used to work with, and I was asking her if she had a few minutes for a virtual call. I like to begin asking them about their day because we all know we're experiencing a little bit of loneliness in this difficult time. So it's very important to follow up with people virtually and just make sure that they're doing okay. That creates that type of relationship, having that empathy, following up with them to see how they're doing anything that maybe you can do, or even me, sometimes I may need their help on something. To me, that has been the way that I keep those relationships going, having those quick virtual meetings. And anytime that we have our meetings with our teams, we always turn on our webcams because that keeps that relationship a little bit more on a close level where you can actually have the visibility and connection. It's, it's different than just communicating digitally, whether it be text or email. We learn to do those virtual calls and I'm really good at it now versus you would say, I don't know, two years from now, it was a little bit intimidating, but now it became the norm. Oh, for sure. Turning that camera on before we were at home was so scary for some reason, but now I totally agree with you. There's a connection that you can't get with just voice to voice or text to text. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I think we all definitely need reminders like that. The longer we're remote, the easier that is to forget. (laughs) We can get so caught up in our day-to-day work where we just want to make a quick phone call or we just want to send a quick message and not really connect with that person. Thanks for bringing that up, Laura. What I would really like to know too, you've talked a lot about passion, about having fun in your job. So can you narrow it down to one thing that's your favorite part of your job? My favorite part of my job is being a part of this international channel because it's a game changer. It's a game changer opportunity, right? Why? Well, because we are opening new markets, expanding to new horizons. Every day is different from, I don't know, a phone call or a text message at 12 p.m. on a Sunday, (laughs) helping a reseller overseas to join in an evening team meeting to strategize about our Indonesia entry, for example. Aside from just opening new markets, we are also creating jobs and opportunities in new markets. 
sometimes people don't realize that, but it really does. And let me explain to you why. Sometimes when you are opening this new market, you are creating perhaps a new reseller in a different region, maybe one that didn't exist in that market. Or even if it did, it's still a new opportunity. It's still going to be a new job because it's a new market and new markets come new opportunities, new skills, a new business. So I like to always remind myself, we are creating this extra jobs in these regions, in this market. That's my favorite part of my job is opening this new market. It's this game changer opportunity. Yeah, you're you're on the cusp there of something brand new. And I think that's so cool. Yes. Okay, so to wrap everything up here, can you share with us how you feel like your job supports the NBS mission of making educational dreams possible through service and technology? I'm glad you're asking this question. It kind of involves my favorite word, adapt. We adapt our products and services to other markets. And that makes us different, right? Because why? We are adapting. We have this strategy to help our schools, our international schools, overcome digital deficit. As you know, a lot of schools have lost enrollment, right? Maybe 50, 70% enrollment. So we adapted and we created this new initiative called SODD. Again, it stands for Schools Overcoming Digital Deficit. This initiative, we deliver our products and services to schools that are economically challenged, making their education dreams possible through our service and technology. So we adapt. That is how my job supports this mission is by adapting. And isn't that great? You're doing it for a good cause, but it's also very energizing and rewarding. Wow. I feel like I just learned a textbook's worth of information from this interview. Laura, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and shedding some light on what it looks like to be in this world of FACS SIS International, especially in that operations area where it's so different every day, every week, every month, and hard concepts to grasp unless you're in it. So thank you so much for breaking it down for us and explaining what that looks like. Absolutely. Thank you, Rachel and Raquel. Thank you for having me. Well, that was a great interview with Laura, wasn't it, Raquel? Yeah, I'm so glad she took the time to sit down with us and really discuss Nelnet International and what she does for that team. It was a good time. Yes, it was. Well, now it's time for our What We're Loving Right Now segments. And Raquel, I know you have something a little special for us this time. I do. I want to give a shout out to Michael Renau, an IT specialist in Burleson. He submitted something that he's loving right now, and I'm going to read what he sent to us. Critical Role. This is a YouTube series where voice actors get together and play Dungeons and Dragons. They are absolutely fantastic, and it brings back the feeling of amazing radio shows. They are currently in their second campaign, and I can't recommend it enough for anyone who loves fantasy and wants to see a couple of professionals improv a phenomenal story. Thanks again, Michael, for submitting that to us. That sounds really interesting. I remember Dungeons and Dragons from when I was a lot younger. Never got to play it, but I know that people that I went to school with played it regularly. So, Rachel, do you have any experience with that? You know, I don't really have any personal experience with Dungeons and Dragons. I know what it is. I just remember watching the kids play it in Stranger Things, and it definitely looks like an interesting game where you can get immersed in a really good story. So 
I mean, I'm kind of sold on those two things, improv and story. (laughs) You can't get much better than that. (laughs) Well, we're doing a podcast, Rachel. We're kind of already there. (laughs) We're improvising. We're creating a story. So you're absolutely right. (laughs) All right. Now it's time for the book recommendation portion. And I am so excited because Mm -hmm. I have a great book to share with you all today. Let us hear it, Rachel. All right. I recently read Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that last name right. I tried to look up how to pronounce it before we recorded, and I couldn't really find anything definitive. If I'm saying it wrong, I apologize. But the book, Little Fires Everywhere, it's great for so many reasons. One, it's set in the 90s. I'm a total 90s kid. I love all things 90s. So it was nice to read about some of those things and get reminded of how things were in the 90s. The main story focuses on this community called Shaker Heights and two families that live in this community. Shaker Heights is a community where everything is planned out. It was actually one of the first planned communities in America. I had no idea that Shaker Heights was a real place when I first started reading. And the more they were describing, the more I wanted to look into it and see, wait, is this based on a real place or is this a fictional place that was made up for the sake of the story? No, it's totally real. I believe it's in Ohio. And when I say first planned community, I mean everything was planned out. They said how long your grass could be and when you had to start cutting it. I think it was no more than six inches. The community defines how far your house has to sit back from the curb. You can't put your trash cans out in front of your house. They have to go in back of the house. There's so many different things this community says you have to do just for the privilege of living there. And then it talks about these two families who live there. There's a family who's new, which is the Warrens, and then a family who's lived there a long time, which are the Richardsons. Their lives just really get messily intertwined with each other. It centers around this story of a custody battle between two friends of these families. It just gets so interesting and so deep. And it does a really good job of examining all sides of that story and how race and also how class plays such a huge part in that custody battle. And I know it's a series right now on Hulu. I think all the episodes are live. So I really want to go and watch that to see how things play out, if it's the same as in the book or if it's different. But Raquel, I think you've watched that series. Am I right? Oh, yes, I binged it. And I would recommend setting aside a few hours if you want to see what this is all about, whether if you want to read it or if you want to watch it, you're probably either not going to be able to put the book down or you're going to be in front of the TV for a few hours. So get ready (laughs) for it. This is a great story. It goes to uncomfortable places. So be prepared for that. I wouldn't say it's for kids. It just deals with a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would definitely recommend watching or reading for sure. Just very thought provoking. We have one more thing that we want to just bring to everyone's attention before we finish up for the day. But if you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, so not only can you subscribe and get notified as soon as we post our new episodes, you can also rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts as well. If you would leave us a five-star rating and review, it really helps us out. Just promote the podcast and let us know we're on the right track and giving you the content that you want to hear. If you'd leave us a five-star rating and review, 
screenshot that and send it to either Raquel or myself, we will send you something to say thank you. You'll have to make sure to include your mailing address in with that as well, because we'll have to mail it to you. But we really want to promote the podcast, promote our episodes, and just make sure we're doing what you want us to do and you're hearing what you want to hear from us. Well, again, huge thank you to Laura for taking the time to sit down and talk to us about Fax International and her role there. We can't say thank you enough for that. I know that she has a very busy schedule with the kind of work that she's doing, but she was very eager to jump in and be a part of the podcast. So thanks to Laura and thanks to you for listening as well. Thank you all so much and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.